We're in the middle of a, a series on Hebrews. Um, our theme for the book, as you've heard multiple times, is what? It's probably behind me, isn't it? No? <laughs> what is it? The glory of Christ, our hope and comfort. Our chapter today is chapter 11. And I don't know about you, but this is one of those chapters that I find great hope in. Um, when we get to look at the heroes of the faith and realize that maybe there is some hope for us. And that's where I come to. There's also some intimidation when it comes to a, a book like this. And um, when Darren, Darren's our normal pastor, and so I get to fill in when he's not. And so he's gone for the next two weeks after this. So for three weeks, you get me. And then we had four weeks scheduled for Hebrews 11. I told him, well, just let me do the whole, all of Hebrews. He said, okay. So I'm going to do all of Hebrews 11, which I love the fact that I get to do all of Hebrews 11. But as you start to study Hebrews 11, you realize that, wow, there's a lot there. And every preacher on the planet from the beginning of, not the beginning of time, has preached on this passage. So how do I do it justice? And I don't do it justice. God does justice through me, and that's what my, my prayer is. Um, any idea what our topic's going to be for the next four weeks? Uh, what? Well, you guys read ahead, didn't you? That's impressive. Yeah, faith. 41 times in the book of Hebrews, the word faith is used 25 or 26 of those times, depending on if I counted correctly, are in chapter 11 alone. It's going to be our topic. 18 of those have statements of by faith, by faith so-and-so. And we're going to talk about what it means to live a by faith life. Um, I'm excited about this for a lot of different reasons, uh, walking through this. And just like you, we're all in a faith journey. We're all attempting to live by faith. If we've made the, the, the decision that we're going to follow Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're on a faith journey. Um, each leg of that journey has new challenges. And I was some... 20 plus years ago where Jeannie and I and our three kids made the decision that, hey, I think God may be calling us to this place called Cambodia. And then we had to find out where Cambodia was on the map because we didn't know at the time. Um, that was a, a step of faith. You guys have those journeys too if you're here. For whatever, whatever journey you're on, you, you have those faith steps that you had to take. Um, we're in the middle of another faith step right now, where 20 plus years ago we made the decision that, hey, God wanted us to leave our careers and step onto the mission field. And we thought, oh, no, because you step into something, you have no clue. Um, when you have to step out of that place, it makes it difficult. So one month from today, we get on a plane and we leave Cambodia. That's a part of our faith journey. One of the challenges of that faith journey, and I know several of you are on that same journey, um, of leaving a place that God has called you to. Um, 
we don't know what's on the other side. God has given us some things to encourage us along the way, but there's a lot of unknowns out there as to what that next step in that journey is. We know some things, but we don't know everything. That's where faith comes in. Um, I'd like to hear your journeys. And I don't know how you can email me, send me a text. I'm not looking for long diatribes of your faith. I'll save the diatribes for me on Sunday mornings. (laughs) But I'd love to hear some of your faith stories of how God strengthened your faith in your journey. And um, just especially as I'm working through this over the next three weeks, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Hebrews 11, one of the challenges we've already heard from the author is, um, comes out of Hebrews chapter 6, which is, leads us into today too. But verses 11 and 12 says this, And we desire each of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who have faith and patience inherit the promise. We're going to take a look at some of these folks who, through faith and patience, inherit the promises. As believers in Jesus Christ, we inherit those same promises. Uh, And we're going to take a look at those. So for the next four weeks, just let me give you a snapshot of where we're headed. Um, Today... Um, we're in verses 1 through 7. Three people that we'll look at, maybe. I'll tell you the maybe in just a second. Abel, Enoch, and Noah. Then week 2 is 8 through 16, Abraham and Sarah. Week 3, we'll look at Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and Moses. Week 4 is all those others that they talk about in there. Some amazing names as we uh, begin to work through this. And one of the things that I would like to ask you to do over the next three weeks is as we read and knowing that we're going to be studying through these people, go back to these Old Testament passages and read their stories. It will add richness to our study if you understand where they've come from. I encourage you to do that. Um, Abel and Enoch and Noah is ours today, and I say maybe because I'm going to, we have quite a bit that we're trying to accomplish today, and uh, we may not get to those three. But since you're stuck with me for the next three weeks, (laughs) uh, we will get to them, I promise. Um, I do want you to ask a question as you are reading through these, and as we study these over the next uh, few weeks, is what are the by faith? So I've mentioned that 18 times in Scripture, by faith is used to describe uh, these heroes of the faith. What are the by faith characteristics in the lives of these Old Testament saints? What are the by faith characteristics in the lives of these Old Testament saints? Review, you'll remember coming out of last week, there there was, two weeks ago, there was a warning that Darren had shared, uh, and then last week was kind of a a change in tone that the author had, and in verse 32 to 36, he starts to recall some of the things that, as he described it in verse 32, these enlightened folks, Um, and he, he describes some of the things that they went through. You'll remember the words like hard struggle, sufferings, public ridicule reproach, affliction. He also noticed the compassion they had on others in prison. 
but at the same time, their property was plundered in verse 34. And then he says, and you were joyful about it. Um, as we head into this faith chapter, chapter 11, let me read the last four verses of chapter 10, kind of as an introduction to where we're going today because, because it's very relevant to, to uh, chapter 11. Verse 35 says this in chapter 10, Therefore do not throw away your confidence, something that's a, a phrase that we've heard a lot throughout, let us not, let us hold fast. Don't throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come, and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Verse 39, and this will launch us to where we're headed. But we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith, and pres preserve their souls, saving faith. Similar to that chapter 6 passage that we opened the message with, where we become imitators of those who have faith. We have that same challenge today, especially as we look at these heroes of faith that we're surrounded by. And do we imitate them? Well, it led us to the application from last week where Darren asked a question. You remember what the question is, and it will kind of relate to our title, too. He says, how do we live the Christian life today? And then he answered the same question. He says, by faith, we believe the promise of God that he will reward. Hold on to that reward. That's going to come up in just a minute. That he will reward those who trust him. So our title for really the next... Um, four weeks is living life by faith. Today, we're going to focus on the why and the what of faith, but the overall theme will, living, will be living life by faith, and then we'll be looking for characteristics of what does that faith look like? Um, because we've been introduced to the topic, and now we're going to go through chapter 11, which is basically one giant illustration and then once he gets to chapter 12, he's going to point to, okay, now how do, we, how do we make that happen? What are the practical things that we do to make it happen? But we're going to look at the, the lives of these folks um, as we move forward. With that question in mind, how do we live a Christian life? By faith, we believe the promises of God. Let me read our passage uh, that we'll be in today. Hebrews chapter 11, Verses 1 through 7, and you can follow along as I read aloud. Verse 1, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of the things that are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commended him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Verse 5, by faith, Enoch was taken up so that, you should, so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Verse 6, one of our key verses that we're going to go to first. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. 
Verse 7, by faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark in the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Let's get the why question. Remember, we're looking at the why of faith and the what of faith today. Um, we'll get the why question out of the way because that one will be fairly easy. Uh, if you look at verse 6, as, which will be one of our focus of, of the day, and then really throughout the rest of the chapter as we, we discover what it means to live a life by faith, um, it says this, why do we need this faith? Verse 6 says, gives us the answer, it's what? It's impossible to please him without it. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Why do we need it? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, we don't, we don't look at that word impossible often enough. We, 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 we look at our circumstances and our situations around us, and we go, that's impossible. But not very often do we look at it in relation to God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. If it is truly impossible for us to please God, if that's true, then we better have a good grasp on what we're talking about when we talk about faith. There's a lot of people that believe things. There's a lot of people that are demonstrating faith right now. You are. When you came in, Tom sat on that chair. He had faith. He believed. He trusted that that chair was going to hold him up. He demonstrated faith. That's not the kind of faith that we're talking about. We're talking about spiritual faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. The Old Testament saints that we're going to read about pleased God. This is important, and we're going to discover this over the next three weeks. It's not because they lived perfect lives. Wow, will we see that loud and clear. Read their stories of murderers, adulterers, of prostitutes who lived by faith. They were not perfect. But because they had faith that what God said he was going to do, he would do. They had this undying confidence, belief that the promises of God would come true. We'll find great hope, our theme for our book, and comfort in the fact that, in that fact, in the fact that his promises do, do come true, and we'll see that come out. But this is truth. There is little hope and little comfort for those that don't have faith in the saving, saving faith in who Jesus Christ is and what he did on the cross. No hope. We can't sugarcoat that as believers in Jesus Christ. There is no hope. There are promises associated with that, and there's places established for people that don't have that saving faith in Jesus Christ. That's a place called hell. It's real. It's in Scripture. I believe it.
We see this in Psalm 78 too, where the, the, the Israelites are in the desert and we get a recap of all that God had done for them. And you'll remember the stories if you think back to that time. He divided the sea. He led them by a cloud by day, a fire by night. He split rocks and gave them water. And then verse 17 of Psalm 78 says that they tested God in their hearts. That's really key. They tested God in their hearts. Not that they questioned God. We find throughout Scripture that people, God, why? But they tested God in their hearts. And they said, can, can he make water? For, if he can make water from a rock, can he also spread a table? Can he also provide bread and meat? They tested God in their hearts. Well, what was God's response in verse 21 of Psalm 78 says this, therefore when they heard, he was full of wrath, meaning God. A fire was kindled against Jacob, his anger against Israel, because they did not believe in God, did not trust in his saving power. Faith is that important. It is impossible to please God without it. The author of Hebrews has already issued a warning to this church in danger of reverting to their own ways. Remember, one of the challenges that the church was facing was, was teaching that was contrary to faith. It was contrary to what they, they, were, they were going back to these performance-based, I've got to do works-based salvation, and it didn't fly. In Hebrews 3.12 the author warns this church, take care, brothers, lest there be any evil among you, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. Why faith? Why a life by faith? Because, as we said, it's impossible to please God without it. Well, that verse doesn't end there. Uh, verse 6 continues, and it says this, so it's it's impossible to please God without faith. And then it says this, For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. I've dwelt on that this week. And so I'm going to pause. And this is where we're going to probably not get to our three heroes of the faith today. Because I think this is where we get confused sometimes. On the whole is that we see, we read a verse like this, and, and our response was, I believe in God, where's my reward? Don't we? I, I, I did enough. And accused, confusion is often based on what we want, not what God wants for us. Am I right? Our faith is based on, or I believe, or I trust. Lord, I have faith in you, and you pr protect me. Oh, there, there's challenges there. I'm going to pause because I want to talk for a minute about what faith is not. I want to give you four reasons of what faith is not because I think it's, it's needed as we head into looking at, at uh, these heroes of the faith. What faith is not, number one, faith is not passive. Saving faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is not passive. There's a deep trust in God and his promises, and those promises with that deep trust produce what? It produces obedience in us. We respond to it out of obedience. There's nothing about being obedient that's passive. 
James says, without work, without faith without works is dead. You know those. Let me go through a few other James passages. James chapter 1, verse 22 says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Our faith, our understanding of the word in our lives should produce works. James 2, 14, what good is it if some say he has faith but doesn't have works? Can that faith save him? Verse 17, so also faith without works is dead. Let me be clear. Because we got, when we talk about works, when we talk about faith, sometimes they get too closely intermingled. They are intermingled. But salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, period. If you think that you can do enough to tip that scale, if I think I can do enough, and that's religion today, is there's a scale. If I do enough, I can tip the scale in my favor. Enough good, I can tip the scale in my favor, and then I can get to heaven. That's not biblical, folks. That's not what we find in scriptures. We can't do anything. Nothing. We are wretched beings, but we're saved by grace through faith. But they are intermingled, because what should happen? If we have true faith, then that faith should produce works. It should produce obedience. So number one, faith is not passive. Number two, faith is not my magic wand. (laughs) I know we would never think this is true, But our world and churches around the globe would point us in this direction. It's not my magic wand to wave when I need something. Oh, we've got to go back to the States because our parents are aging and God's calling us back there. Lord, provide the money for us. I have faith that you can do it and... That's my reward. It's that name it and claim it mentality. If you have enough faith, you can be healed. Health and wealth are at your disposal if you have enough faith. What happens when we don't get that? What happens when a daughter is not healed, but you prayed, believing with all your heart that she'd be healed? And 20 years later, she's still not. What happens to your faith when, um, oh, as we read in chapter 10, where people become enlightened? Remember the words that we talked about? How can you have a health and wealth gospel when it says right here that people had, they were enlightened? They understood who God was, and they had a hard struggle, public ridicule, properties were plundered. Think about Job and what he went through in his life. What about Abel? He's one of our heroes that we're going to talk about in just a minute. Oh, he was enlightened. He believed God. I have faith in God. 
Guess what that produced? Death from his own brother. We read on in our, in our chapter that we're in, verse 35, the others talks about they were tortured, mocked, flogged, chained, imprisoned, destitute, afflicted, mistreated. These are people who believe God existed and that he rewards those who seek him. God is some rewarder. John 16, Jesus says this to his disciples before he was betrayed. I mean, he was getting ready to hang on the cross talking about afflictions that come. He said this, I have said these things that, you in me, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. It's not a question mark. You might have it. He says you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I have Jesus Christ through the cross. I have overcome the world. That leads us to number three. Number three what faith is not, it's not faith in something, it's faith in someone. The person and work of Jesus Christ. Darren said this last week, he says, the object of our faith is the person of Jesus Christ, not in what you do or don't do. I wanted to say, it's a good old dead guy. <laughs> Just for his sake, and Jody's not here. You're about shopping. Actually, knowing I know Darren well enough to know that he would say, "I have been crucified with Christ," right? So maybe we can call him a good old dead guy who's still breathing. The object of our faith is the person of Jesus Christ, not in what you do or don't do. A. H. Strong, he is a good old dead guy. Adds this. He says, "What saves us is faith in Christ." Not faith in our faith or faith in the faith. Read that. What saves us is faith in Christ, not faith in our faith or faith in the faith. Now this speaks to all of our denominational mentalities. Denominations aren't bad. I think they can be a gift from God. But if we have faith in our Baptist background, Strong Southern Baptist background. If I have faith in Southern Baptists, if I have faith in my Baptistic roots, if I have faith in my Reformed leanings, if I have faith in the Presbyterian way of thinking, then that's not true faith. It's faith in the wrong thing. It's not faith in faith. It's faith in a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. Number four, it's not believing in God, it is believing God. It's not believing in God, it's believing God. There's a lot of people that believe God. This is not on the screen, but I was reading earlier today in James chapter 2, we were there. Uh, James says this to who he's writing, he says, you believe one God, well, good for you. Even the demons believe and tremble. It's not believing in God, it's believing God. This is where the reward comes from. Not material blessings, not health and wealth, not meeting my needs. It's the reward that comes from the eternal hope that we have in Jesus Christ. There's a place being prepared. 
takes us back to chapter 10 and verse 35 that we read earlier. says this, just as a reminder, Therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance. Why do we need of endurance? Because of the things that we've been talking about. Tribulation is coming. So that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised, that eternal promise. We discovered the why of faith, impossible to please God without it. Let's look at what it is. Um, Takes us back to uh, verse 39 uh, of chapter 10, and then we'll just look at a couple things in the first three verses. But we are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and persevere of the persevere the souls. Uh, Let me read through the first three verses and we'll just unpack these uh, quickly as we start to wrap up. Verse three, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Verse 1, we kind of get a definition or a description of what faith is, and there's a, there's a couple of, of words that stand out, probably stand out to you. Assurance is one of those. Uh, it's the idea of a, a standing or a sitting under. It describes a support or steadiness that comes from a foundation. We're talking about the foundation of faith. Uh, if you have other translations, it might use words like confidence, and assurance, reality of things not seen, evidence of, of things unseen, um, reality of things hoped for. The, the NIV says the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of, not thing, evidence of things not seen. If you're looking for a good works, word study that will just take you in all kinds of directions, start to look up those two words and you'll, you'll be busy for a week. Assurance. Faith, it's the foundation for the things that we hope for. Um, it rex- represents, as one commentator put it, an unshakable confidence in God. Remember our verse from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. We have faith because God is faithful. I like how the ESV describes it, the study Bible. They describe this idea of assurance this way. Assurance is a settled confidence that something in the future, something that is not yet seen but has been promised by God, will actually come to pass because God will bring it about. Do you live that way? Do I live that way? Do I have that blessed assurance? Do I have that settled confidence Faith is the foundation. It's what, uh, what allows us to endure. Second word that we see there is conviction. John MacArthur describes it this way. Uh, he says this idea of conviction is an outward manifestation of an inward uh, assurance. The person of, of faith lives his belief. That's that idea. It's an active thing. His life is committed to what his mind and spirit are convinced is truth. Faith is looking forward. What happens if we base our faith on our present circumstances or what we hope to happen? You know what's going to happen to our faith? It's going to crumble. Because it's never going to go like we think it should go. But it will go like God wants it to go. So I better rest on his promises. 
verse 16 of our passage, has this forward-looking um, mentality as well as it relates to faith and these heroes of the faith. Says, but as it, is, as it is, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one, forward-looking. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. We'll skip verse 2 um, as that relates to uh, the people of old were commended for their faith, and that's going to be the next three weeks as we look at all these heroes. And then verse 3 is just an example of what he's talking about in verse 1. Uh, he says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. None of us were there. I don't think any of you were there when creation happened. Um, we believe that God spoke and the world came into being. We believe it by faith. We are reminded of this. If it takes me back to Romans chapter 1, verse 20, where we read, For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. Even people who don't, aren't of the faith are without excuse because all you have to do is look around us. One of my favorite passages in all of Scripture, Psalm 8, and I remember our kids uh, memorizing this, I think before we came to Cambodia, if I'm not mistaken. It says this, When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? Why faith? impossible to please God. What is faith? It's that settled confidence in God that what he promises will come about despite our circumstances and our situation. And the conviction, the response to that assurance is lived out in front of other people. Just a minute, our worship team's going to come and we're going to close the service. Uh, but I want to ask a question before I pray as it relates to what we've talked about today and this idea of a settled confidence. Do you have that settled confidence despite your circumstances? Because we're going through struggles. Scripture says there will be tribulations. All of us have those. We're all in those. Do you have that settled confidence that despite your circumstances, you believe without a shadow of a doubt, that what God said is true. I hope that you do. Next week, we'll look at Abel, Enoch, and Noah. I told you we wouldn't get there today, and we didn't. Um, read those stories, and we'll talk about some of those characteristics that we learned about. Also, um, read about Abraham and Sarah. That will probably be a part of our message next week as well. Let me pray, and then our worship team is going to close our service for us. Lord, thank you for teaching us today. Thank you for um, the truth that is found in your word. We thank you for the gift of faith. It is a gift from you, Lord. Teach us what it is. Help us to have that settled confidence that you are who you are and you will do what you say you will do. Father, even as we sing, we pray, give us faith to believe what you say. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.